Hey friends, welcome to May the 5th and our, our Thursday episode of Enough for Today. Thanks for joining me. We're in Psalm 47 and I hope that your week is going well. We are studying a celebration of God and a celebration of his goodness to us. And no matter where you are or what you're going through, when you look up, uh, you have good things to celebrate. You have good things to clap your hands for and shout over uh, if you know God through Jesus. Now, yesterday we read verses three and four about God subduing things and choosing things for us. Verse four, choosing our inheritance for us. Now, in Israel, that would have been the land he chose for them. Uh, but for us, the modern day application would be the life he's chosen for me, the story he's chosen for me, um, the possessions and the income streams that he's chosen for me, the way he's providing for me, that I'm going to take my hands off, trust him, follow him, seek him, uh, be who he wants me to be and who he calls me to be, and I'm going to be content with that. I'm going to let him choose my inheritance and, uh, and know that he loves me and that he cares for me. Now look at verse 5 and 6, maybe 7. God has gone up. He's ascended with a shout. The Lord with a sound of a trumpet. Now we're waiting for the sound of a trumpet as New Testament believers. But the idea here is that God showed up. That God uh, was made bigger, more present, revealed himself to be active in a troubled time in the people's life. And he, and he inserted himself with a massive disruptive victory um, that he, that with a shout, with a trumpet, boom, he brought the hammer down. And then look at the response of the people. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises unto our king, sing praises for God is the king of all the earth, sing ye praises with understanding. So the people erupt and God calls them to erupt. What does he call them to do? To sing. We'll come to that in a minute. But I just want you to think about God arriving, God showing up. Now, before God shows up, we're terrified. We're waiting. We wonder where he's at. We wonder what he's waiting for. Why isn't he here? It's kind of like uh, Mary and Martha when Lazarus uh, was sick and Jesus didn't show up. And then Lazarus died. And finally, Jesus showed up. And everybody thought, well, you got here late, you know. Martha, Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Um, imagine that, your friend. Jesus is your friend. And you've watched him heal, maybe at this point, by this point, probably thousands of people. You've watched him do amazing supernatural things. And your brother, his friend also, gets sick and he doesn't come. What a letdown. I mean, you've, you've, you've believed that this is the Messiah. You believe that this is God, and he lets you down. Has God ever put you in a position where he didn't show up? You wondered what is going on, and it seems like something terrible unfolded uh, or the worst imaginable thing unfolded. My, my friend, that happens. It happens to God followers. It happened in the Bible. It really shouldn't surprise us. We just get a faulty view of God, that he's on our timeline or our agenda, or that he operates by our same economy, that what we think is bad, he, he also thinks is bad. But sometimes he allows really difficult things to unfold, and he's going to show up in our timeline late, but on his timeline, right on time. And there's so many times in my life I was waiting for God to insert himself, to reveal himself, to show himself active, and I started to wonder... Is God even in this? What is God doing? Why is he allowing this to unfold? 
What's he waiting for? Why is he sitting on his hands? Come on, God, show up. Um, And then, usually late by my script, by my timeline, usually well after I've doubted him and wondered where he's going, why isn't he here, does he even care? And about the time I'm like, does he even exist? You know, that's that's like the, the furthest place you can go in terms of your doubts. It's usually well into that narrative that finally God shows up, and when he does, it, it is the effect of a shout or a trumpet blast. It's, it's wonderfully disruptive. It's wonderfully, terrifyingly um, resolving. It brings my fears to a conclusion. It assures me that God was God is and was active in my life. And um, all of a sudden, so many things change in a moment. When I didn't think anything could change quickly, God changed everything very quickly. Let me give you a quick story. So Tuesday night, I told you we had a concert for our school uh, students. Well, five, six, seven years ago, I did not see a path forward for Emmanuel Christian Academy. Um, The church, our church had turned around and was becoming a healthy church. It felt like it was fast to some people, but it felt rather slow to me. Um, because the challenges were looming large. But on the school side, though I loved our school and though I loved the staff and teachers and I loved the students, and I know Emmanuel, I know New England needed, needs a Christian school. Uh, I know the churches in our area uh, need the Christian school, and we, we help and bless a lot of churches in our area and support a lot of families in that regard. So we need these things. I just didn't see the path. I didn't see how to make it successful in my own ingenuity. Um, and I wondered, is, is God going to lead in the closure of this school? Um, lots of schools around us have closed over the years. And lots of dark times for me personally, like, am I going to be a failure in this? Because I don't see the path forward. Real significant financial challenges, real significant facility challenges, and, um, you know, payroll, all of it. I don't want to bore you with the details, but it was dire, and I wondered what was going to happen. Well, then COVID hit, and I thought, well, this is the death blow. A small school is now going to become inactive. No one's going to pay their school bill if the kids can't come to school. Uh, The parents will withdraw the kids, and then we won't be able to pay the teachers. So I really initially thought, this is it. I can imagine uh, Sennacherib and his armies all around Jerusalem, they've been hearing the, the news reports about the Assyrian army getting, getting closer and closer, further south and further south to Jerusalem. They've come all the way through Galilee. They've come all the way across the, Jez, the, uh, the uh, Jezreel Valley, the Valley of Megiddo. They've come all the way down through the mountains of Samaria. And they've now surrounded Jerusalem. It can't get any worse. And I imagine the people in Jerusalem thought, okay, this is it. This is the end. This is why Hezekiah, the king, went to the temple laid out his prayer before the Lord and prayed and laid out the, the threatening letter from Sennacherib before God and, and really had, he wasn't gathering his army and his weapons because he, did, he didn't have enough to, he, he literally just almost giving up, just laid it out to God and said, God, this is your problem. I don't know what to do, which is so ironic because that's, that's what God wants us to do. We go to our ingenuity first and try to solve our own problems, but God says, lay it out, cast your care before me. And so I can remember uh, really many times 
taking long walks or having moments with God where I just laid it out before him. I said, God, we don't have enough students. Uh, we don't have enough money. I can't pay our staff and faculty what they deserve. We can't fix the roof, the leaks. We can't repave the parking lot. We don't have the money to fix up this old building. Um, God, this, this is your school. If you want to close it, then close it. If you want to save it, then save it. But I don't know what to do. I'm surrounded by enemies, and I need you to show up. And uh, we, now, every step of the way, it was just, what do we do next? What do we do next? Well, when COVID hit, we, did, we all we could do was go online. We let the families know. We would go online. We would support them as best we could. Our teachers and faculty quickly pivoted. Um, and, uh, and now two years plus later, um, last year, our school grew uh, by over 100 students, which was a miracle. Um, God did something in the lives and hearts of people through COVID, through social whatever, through the, the wokeism. I don't, I don't know, but the Spirit of God moved and um, people in New England started valuing Christian education. And this year our school will grow probably by another 80 to 100 students. We really can't keep up with it on a dime. On a dime, things change. Why do I tell you that story? Because it's it's one of my, as a leader, it's one of my more recent stories of how God showed up with a shout and the sound of a trumpet and disrupted the circumstances and saved the day. Now, you might be looking at, I don't know what impossible circumstances you are looking at. I don't know what, what overwhelming needs you are looking at and, and what kind of stress you are feeling over it, but I can identify and I can tell you the answer is uh, yeah, waiting on God, but before that, putting it like like literally putting it on God, uh, putting the burden on God, speaking out loud, God, this is your family. God, my job is your job. You've chosen my inheritance. You are my God. I am following you. I am obeying you. I am honoring you. I am worshiping you, and I'm putting this problem in your hands, and I'm going to wait for your direction, I'll do what you say. You want me to fill the water pots so you can turn them into wine? I'll fill the water pots. You want me to give you uh, five loaves and two fish, or yeah, five loaves and two fishes? I'll give you the, the my my lunchable. You you want me to uh, to draw up water from the well so you can turn it into living water and give me living water? God, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow your directives. I honor you, but you need to show up. You, you need to shout into this and blow the trumpet, and this needs a, a divine intervention. Maybe it's a child that you're concerned about. Maybe it's a marriage you're trying to save. Maybe it's a business you're trying to start. I don't know what your trouble is, but it's no trouble for God, so put it into his hands. Learn that, uh, learn that process, and it won't be long, and I, I wish I could talk more about six, seven, and eight, but I'm running out of time. It won't be long before you're going to be singing, okay? You're going to be singing some legitimate praises, singing, singing, singing. I mean, over and over, five, six times it's mentioned in these two verses, sing, 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 sing. We could talk a lot about how God values singing. Even if you can't sing well, he wants you to sing. He wants you to come to church and sing. He wants you to sing in your car, and he, he wants you to have something to celebrate. But it's when God shouts. It's when God blows the trumpet, when God shows up into the circumstances, that we really are motivated at a deep level to sing and to celebrate what he's done. My friend, you might be looking at a really big problem today, but if you look up, if you put that problem in God's hands, it won't be long before you have a big reason to sing. 
and a great story to tell about your God. So happy Thursday. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you tomorrow.